Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Boomer, the Buckeye, and the Plainsman. We are here in week seven, I guess, is where we are. It's, it's hard to believe the football season is uh, halfway over, dearly, um, already. Um, we actually have a special guest with us today, um, a former uh, three-year letterman at Alabama, a member of the 1999 SEC championship team, Brad Ledbetter. How are you, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Good. Glad to be on. Well, glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. I, I was thinking, you know, it's Tennessee hate week. We had um, somebody from University of Ole Miss a couple weeks back, somebody from Oklahoma, um, also not too far back. I think, you know, I want somebody to talk about the rival that is Alabama and Tennessee. Um, I guess not so much now. If yeah. one team wins all the time, I don't guess it's really a <laughs> considered a rival is it it's it's not what it used to be for sure it's yeah, uh yeah you know we've we've gosh we've done so well for so long now it's like you know being spoiled really i guess because well yeah it, it, exactly i mean um 10 15 20 year old kids they expect to win 14 13 games every year they weren't yeah. around with the four and sevens and the seven yeah. and fives and stuff like that well, and, and seeing people get all upset, you know, when we lose a game, even the Texas A&M game, which, you know, we, we should have won, but we got a young group of guys and, you know, that that's what happens. And sometimes it's the best thing that can happen to bring a team yeah. together, you know, yeah. and, you know, you don't ever necessarily know how to fight your way out of a corner unless you get in the corner. So, well, that's, well, that's right. And, and they may have, that Texas A&M game may have been part of the reason there's a 40-point victory against Mississippi State the following week. Yeah. Yeah. You know. For sure. And these are the same fans that were upset when you only beat Florida by two. <laughs> I mean, I mean, talking about being spoiled, you know. I know. Um, and, hey, a win's a win all exactly. day long. Exactly. You know. Well, before we touch on, on Tennessee hate week and arrival, what are your thoughts on Alabama this year? What are your thoughts on Bryce? How's the team look? And, and do you think that they're a legitimate um, national championship um, caliber team? I do. I sure do. Um, I think that we're there. We're going to be every year, you know, and, and to, unless something major changes. I mean, just because of the caliber of guys we got down there, I mean – Hell, half our guys are going to the NFL, you know, now it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Um, but yes, I do think we are. I think Bryce is doing a good job. However, I do think we're a young team though still. And that, that's yeah. something I think a lot of people don't really think about in <laughs> real life, but most of these guys are sophomores and juniors, you know, yeah. and some freshmen, you know, that are playing. And, yeah. uh, and that's, not the standard for sure. I mean, it's, no. you know, when I was playing, it was, you know, you pretty much only juniors and seniors played, you know. You had to I, pay your dues. Yeah. I mean, I was, I had a skill position and that nobody else could do. So I, I kind of got lucky and, you know, got to start at a younger age, you know, when I was a sophomore. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just a, uh, that, shows you the caliber of talent that we have down there you know yeah well and specifically with the name image and likeness now 
you can have a super stud five-star recruit come in, sign a $100,000, $200,000 contractor deal with a, 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 a certain company and ride the bench for three years, and they're still got six figures in the bank. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I You know, I do like – I know a lot, it's, you know, a lot of debate, but I do like the – the way that they've done this so that these guys can get some of that money. I think it's fair. I think it's, you know, it's something that when I was playing, you know, you, you weren't allowed to make more than $2,500 in a year. So, you know, you couldn't even go out in the summer, you know, like I had a construction job in the summer and I could only do it for a month and a half because I would make over the $2,500. And that's twenty five hundred dollars over the table, not under the table, right? Over the table, <laughs> yes. That is legit money that and, and every bit of it has to go through their clearinghouse and all, all that right. stuff. You know, so there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. I mean, I, I think these guys deserve to be able to go and you know, do a football camp and you know, use their name and a bunch of kids come in and, and they you know, they they need to make them five grand eight grand however much money that brings in they deserve to get yeah. I, you know and um now some of this stuff's crazy like you're talking about these endorsements and things but hey if they're bringing it then yeah i, I well, don't know I like here's it. here's the thing too is uh, uh a lot of these universities and stuff don't have a problem making money off the athletes so why can't the athletes get a little piece of the pie too you know because Absolutely. you know let, let's be honest nobody's gonna go to an Alabama game or Ohio State game to watch, you know, I mean, sometimes it's the band thing, but let's let's let, let's remember why we go to games. It's to watch these guys play, and that's why we fill the seats. And so, yeah, some of these kids deserve a little piece of the pie because they're making millions and millions of dollars for the universities, you know. Absolutely, and you're working, and it is a job. I mean, you're putting, especially during football season, you're putting seventy hours a week into into it. You know, so it's it's legit. Now they take very good care of you with the scholarships and all that. I mean, you know, you eat and everything you eat, all of your everything's paid for and covered. And you know, they have tutors that will help you if you need that too. And all of that is is great. But hey, if you know, there's, I I totally agree that these kids need to get some money if they're bringing that money in. You know, let them have a piece of it. Yeah, for sure. Now, how much money would you have received from number 93 Ledbetter jerseys that were sold from 96 until 2000? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not many because the thing about my position was it, you didn't, if, if anybody knew who I was, that meant I was screwing up, you know, that or they were related to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) So, uh, Brad, you were a long snapper, correct? Yes. Yeah. So how did you develop that skill? Like, where did that all start for you? Like high school? Like, when did yeah. you know that you, that was, that was, that was pretty good for you? Cause obviously you probably played other positions too, but yeah. you know, oh, yeah. going to college and you're like, Hey, I could really do this. Yes, I did. I, I started long snapping um, when I was a freshman in high school and I had the, the guy who was a senior, the center um, who was a senior taught me how to do it. And I was just really good at it already, you know, and, and right out of the gate. And, um, 
And then as I went through high school, I played, I was a center and a linebacker and a tight end and played different positions. But, um, you know, that long snap, I always knew I was a really good long snapper. And, um, I mean, my times I knew were as fast or faster than the guys in college already when I was in high school. And so um, I had offers to play, you know, to be, to play like tight end or, um, you know, stuff. Mainly tight end was my, my spot. I was being looked at, at, you know, some smaller schools, but the opportunity to go to Alabama and play was definitely my long snapping ability and, Dabo, who's Pelham boy, you know, came and um, ate dinner with me one night and told me, you know, look, this guy, the guy who's snapping at Alabama is a senior. You come in here, play tight end for me on the scout team and snap and show everybody what you can do. You know, you can be playing, you know, you'll get your scholarship and, and you can be playing for, you know, four years. Man, so Dabo started his recruiting way back when, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. And Dabo was a GA at that time, right? He was – well, you know, he was a full coach that year. Okay. Like, my, the year before, I guess, when I was in – my senior year of high school was, like, his first year to be a full-on board coach for okay. under Team okay. Stallings. Okay. And so I guess that was – go ahead, Zach. There you go. And that's just – and I guess since he was a Pelham boy, Pelham was part of the area. Central Alabama was part of the area that he recruited. Yeah. Is that the reason? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we had, you know, a connection. The mayor, you know, had the connection with Dabo, and we were all tight. And then, of course, he was wanting to come watch Tyler play even then, like when Tyler was a sophomore and I was a senior yeah. in high school. And, uh, you know, because Tyler was already being looked at by everybody at that oh, time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. he, he was golden boy for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Zach, yeah. What you got? So, so, so brother, I got a two part question for you, man. I guess the first question is, is Dabo Sweeney. Did you see the greatness in him way back then? Did you see his ability to, to recruit at an elite level and coach at an elite level back way back then that kind of led him into his career at Clemson? And secondly is, do you think when Nick Saban retires, you think Dabo Sweeney's, kind of next in line for that gig. I know it's been kind of the rumor mill um, around the around the country is, hey, Dabo's the next guy in line to go coach as alma mater. What, what do you think about that? Well, I think um, he was definitely a great coach already um, in those times. He was definitely sharpening his skills. He was young. He's aggressive. He was a great recruiter. Um, learned from Ronnie Cottrell, who was one of the best recruiters uh, for Florida State, and Bobby Bowden that came and coached at Bama. And, you know, he kind of took him under his wing as far as recruiting went. And, um, you know, Dabo was always a player's coach. You know, he was he was down in the trench with you. You know, he's, he's telling you, hey, you go hit him. You know, I, he's loafing today. You better knock him on his ass. And, you know, and it was just – he was always that guy that was in your corner. So, I did – I saw it then, and I had no idea he would be what he is now, of, of course. But, um, but yes, he was – I loved the guy from the beginning. And um, 
as far as him coaching in Alabama, I think it's a possibility one day, but I know he doesn't want the job right after Saban. Nobody does. We've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, who, 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 who wants that, you know? Yeah, I know. He, that's, he like, that's a tough mountain to, uh, to yeah. stay on. You said you've well, talked about that. Have you talked about that with him directly? Yeah. Yeah, I've talked to Dabo about it, and he's, you know, we've laughed about it. But he's, he's got it made at Clemson. I mean, he is there, you know, I mean, he he probably will never leave Clemson if he's smart. I mean, he's he's set up just just like Saban is. You know, he's done so much, and, and they love him up there. He brought that program yeah. back, and he is um, – and he's got all of, you know, a bunch of our old guys, Bama guys up there and coaching under him, um, developing coaches, you know, and progressing them through the guys that I played with and younger guys. Um, I, yeah, here, I here, here's another. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm just that's it. I just said I, I don't know that I would ever leave there if I was him. Yeah. yeah. And, and like th- it's funny that we're talking about about Dabo this year because I know he's taken a lot of heat for uh, you know what he's kind of this this year and already having you know so many losses and then Clemson just not in the in the mix. Do you think that now he's going to start dabbing into the uh, transfer portal? Because I know that's something he's stayed away from for a while. What do you do? You see him kind of changing his 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 uh, recruiting in that sense? He's going to have to. He's going to have to. There's no. That's just the the game changes, and you know he's he's gonna have to change with it. He may not like it, and and that's fine. But that's the rules now, and he's gonna have to do it. You know, because you see how it's affected him this year, and um, yeah, he's gonna continue to be successful. He's going to have to adapt to that. I mean, I think the transfer well, we- has, has definitely had a, a huge impact this year in college football. I mean, just look at your team, Alabama. I mean, you guys got Jamison Williams from Ohio State uh, who had transferred over, and he's your leading receiver this year, man. So he's yep. – you know, he doesn't do any – I mean, he's he's a special in regards to his speed. He reminds me a lot of like a Henry Ruggs type. But with his speed, he allows Slade Bolden and and uh, Jaleel Billingsley and, and guys like John Mechie, who's more of a route runner type like a Jerry Judy – Kind of just get more open, you know what I mean. So take take the heat off those guys um, by just going 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 straight, right? Going yeah. just running straight, like hey, Nick Saban, yeah. man, just running straight down the field as fast as you can, and you'll get a safety's attention in the corner. So he's really kind of helping open that offense up. And we've seen a yeah. lot of different cases, man, with with the transfer portal and how how much the impacts teams. I'm I'm interested to see what JT Barrett or JT Daniels on JT Barrett does for Georgia. I mean, because he transferred from USC. A couple of years back, man. So it'd be really interesting to see. Obviously, you know, appreciate your answering the question about Dabo. I'm not a huge fan of Dabo just because I'm a Buckeye fan, and he liked to rank this number 11 last year. His coaches told, but well, we I'm know sure. who your favorite Ohio State quarterback is now, JT Barrett. So. No sir, no sir. <laughs> it was on your mind. So. He, he caught he cost us national championships. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know who my favorite quarterback is now. So yeah, it's not Spencer Rattler. That's for sure. No. No, it was Spencer Rattler a couple weeks ago when he said he was going to be the Heisman winner, but we'll leave that Hey, alone. me and Matt were both wrong on that one, though, weren't we? Yes, yes we were. I, That's well, okay, though. I thought I was wrong, but I was just mistaken. Yeah, That's what <laughs> me was. too. I was blinded by <laughs> the light. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I want to um, – Brad, I finally want to get uh, some some words from you on the reason that you're here um, to talk about the uh, the Tennessee rival, um, the Tennessee rivalry game. 
back back when you played, obviously, um, if you're playing a La, La Monroe, if you're playing La Tech, you're going to prepare different, maybe, than you would for a rival, say, a Florida, Tennessee, or an Auburn. Um, explain the week leading up to the game. Um, explain how the uh, preparation was different. And let us know how many times you heard Rocky Top on the loudspeakers during the course of the uh, week. Thousands of times. It was <laughs> so that week, starting that Sunday afternoon, um, when you come in to watch film, it would be playing just as loud as it could play right when you walked in the football building. And, you know, Rocky Top, good old Rocky Top, all as loud as it'll go the whole time. Um, you know, from the time you're getting dressed in the locker room, everywhere you go out on the field, it's blasting and blaring. They bring you inside and they had speakers all the way around that would get it at a hundred and something decibels or whatever it was going to be, you know, to play. And, and then we'd have to practice and do, you know, two minute drills and all different types of, you know, different types of things with all that going on with all the noise and so that was just that part of it was definitely different um but also there would you know there would always be you put together film you know that you would watch as a team versus your individuals but as the team you'd have some motivational type things and uh you know go back through the years and show different wins and losses and um, you know, things that the Tennessee guys had done, things, you know, us smoking the cigars, you know, from Tom Goose Tree started that years ago and um, all that good stuff. Uh, just it's one of those just a exciting, fun game to be in. Um, and their fans were always so obnoxious too and would throw you know throw stuff at you and they throw mustard they throw golf balls oh, oh, yeah. last week yeah i mean you saw what they did this so, week yeah uh, so lane, lane kiffin just wasn't being uh you know sought out huh it's it's a whole it's for everybody huh they oh yeah i mean right? it was yeah <laughs> there yes there was a part of the locker room in that stadium that was not didn't have a ceiling on it and there was a section where their people where you know, there was one little section where fans could get and they could see down into the <laughs> locker room. So they would throw their whiskey bottles Jeez. and all that stuff at us <laughs> while we're getting dressed, wow. you know. And wow. uh, yeah. it, was, wow. it was a trip I, for sure. You know, that, that you talk about the Tennessee rivalry that you guys said. Man, you faced some incredible teams that Tennessee put together. Yeah. You know, Peyton Manning, yeah. T. Martin, some of those yeah. guys. Talk about – you know, facing those guys because that was when Tennessee was Tennessee. You know, oh, no doubt. they were winning no, national no, championships. They were, yes. you know, and, and talk about you know going up against that those those caliber of, of of players and seeing that on the other sideline. Yeah, they were. There was no doubt that Tennessee was strong and fast, and you know you felt it when you when you were playing Tennessee when I was there. They were. I mean, they just felt like they were stronger than us just right on the line. They just were, I mean, they could hit, they could move, they were fast. All the, all the things you need, they had, you know, they were, um, they were tough, man, really tough. 
and um, it was that's why we you know we hated them too. We were in I was in just a, like you said the bad time when they were they were the probably the best years Tennessee ever had in history was when I was playing, and um, yeah they were they were something else, man. They just look bigger than us, even just, just, and that's hard at being Alabama. That's, um, you don't see that, you know, but they did, they, they just, even just to look, they looked bigger. I guess they look like how Alabama looks to everybody else now. Probably. Yeah. So I was about to say, I think yeah. the script, the script flipped a little bit. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah it definitely has. Yeah. The, good, the good news this week is that even if they throw a mustard bottle at Nick Saban, they have a little bit more of a smaller target throwing stuff at Nick Saban versus uh, Lane Kiffin last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be hard to hit, man. So you have to have that pinpoint accuracy. If, yeah. If, if Tennessee can have a fan that can hit Nick Saban from the crowd um, up in the upper levels, they may need to try him out and walk on walk on quarterback over it. Yeah. Know, yeah, no doubt. I bet you they'll be – they'll have it – plenty of uh, security this week. Oh, absolutely. You know, after that, because I'm sure the university is going to get fined a bunch of money. I, I oh, yeah. don't know how they're going to deal with all that, but, you know, that that's just stupid. Yeah, it is. It is. But but it goes back to the whiskey bottles. The empty whiskey bottles they were throwing in your um, a locker room, they are drinking that whiskey, so by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, oh, yeah. they're not thinking. So, yeah, no, exactly. True. Yeah, because, I mean, Tennessee wasn't the only place that happened. I mean, there's a lot of times you didn't take your helmet off till you got all the way inside the locker mm-hmm. room because you were getting pelted with miniatures and whiskey bottles yeah. and whatever they could find. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of mentioned We beat it. Auburn the first time in 99 season. The first time Alabama ever beat Auburn in Jordan-Hare was that game. And – I mean, I they, they had a riot. <laughs> they hit my mother with a damn whiskey bottle. Really? And, and yes, through because the players' families, you know, all came in a certain gate, and they knew which one it was, and they were throwing stuff at them from there. And um, yeah, that one, that was a game right there. And they, uh, you, you definitely didn't take your helmet off till you got in the locker room because it was coming down. True, and that's a good little point because that, that that actually goes to a question I want to ask. You know. Um, the players, I've, I've heard more where the players seem to respect the other team, um, mm-hmm. but the fans, fans hate the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, and I get, and I heard you mention the word hate while ago, but I don't think it was actually, you know, you just hated to, 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 to maybe go to that stadium and, and the fact that they were acting how they are with the players. Was it a, a hate or was it a respect between the players on the field? Well, I mean, always respect between the players, you know, definitely. Um, and and I loved playing in all the stadiums in, in the SEC. I, I loved all that. Um, that was always exciting for me. But, um, you know, the respect there between the players, it, you know, you know these guys are fighting just like fighting all week long and, and just like you are, um, it's just – but there's a difference between Tennessee, like, for example, with Tennessee and in Auburn. There was more of, I, you know, we just really 
you could say hate, but just didn't like Tennessee. Like I just, you know, I want to beat Tennessee a hundred to nothing. You know, if we can run it up on them a hundred, you know, I'm fine with that. That's that's not going to bother me a bit. Where the Auburn game was like, uh, you felt yourself. You know, being from Alabama, that was that game that you watched every year and just loved. You know, and it was just being there was like more intense and you could just feel it in the air. You know, you were you were a step faster than normal or and everybody was. And there was more of a I felt more of a respect between that game in that game and more of a dislike in the Tennessee game. Yeah. And I saw a quote, and, and I don't I don't know if it's true or not, but there's a picture with Derek Henry and um, Saban. Henry's like, um, we hate Auburn because we have to, but we hate Tennessee because we want to. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, we had songs we sang about Tennessee. So, there, yeah, we <laughs> definitely – that's the team you wanted to just absolutely destroy. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I got a couple more questions. I know you got to run. We don't want to keep you um, too long. And you kind of mentioned it a while ago about playing these different stadiums in the SEC. What was your favorite SEC stadium to go to? The LSU. Away stadium. LSU. LSU. Yeah, man, Baton Rouge was always fun. It was, you know, you, always a night game. Or, you know, the times I played it was night games. And – from the time you come in, they're rocking the bus and you're, oh, yeah. get, you know, getting the finger from 90 year old couples and, you know, everybody's just fired up and there's somebody there, you know, their stands come right up on top of the sidelines too. So yeah, they're they like way closer than most. And so somebody's sitting there just yelling and cussing at you the whole game. They just did do. You, you did know. you pull a, did you pull a Urban Meyer and, and stay after the game and, and hang out? <laughs> no, I would, man, don't make yeah. him say anything don't make him say anything on his podcast yeah. <laughs> admit anything I'll tell you LSU though even the showers that they had in the stadium were all just little these little green like plastic squirt holes that's what they gave you <laughs> and it was like Mississippi River water and yeah. it was you could just it, no way you could even start to get clean in there, and it, so it was like just a they were putting it on you from the beginning. But but it's just exciting to be there, you know. Now I've heard the Alabama locker room is painted pink, and it is called the Fail Room because I think the gentleman that that gave money they actually named it after him. Is that true, or do you know? Uh, you talking about in the visiting locker room? Yes. Um. For Brian, I hadn't seen the pink room. I don't know. I, I, if okay. it is, I don't know about it. It's yeah, the new I, home uh, locker room. That's why they lost to AM. <laughs> <laughs> that new, no, the new home locker room is unbelievable. It's so oh, cool. I bet the facilities are amazing down there. When's the last it time is. you got to go go down to Brian Denny? I went, um, let's see. Well, we had our, um, when we honored, the last time I was in the locker room and stuff was they honored the 99 team um, a couple of years ago, the year before COVID. And um, they had a game where we were all brought out on the field and everything and um, got to spend some time down there on the side, stayed on the sidelines the whole game and went in the locker room and everything. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's really 
unbelievable. I mean, it was super nice when I was there, but now it's just. They don't have that days. Mississippi River water running through the showers in there, do they? No. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's first class for sure. No, they got uh, the Black Warrior. <laughs> yeah, that's Black right. Black Warrior River water. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you mentioned 99. I mean, how magical was that season? Um, and, and how was it to just sit back and, and watch Sean Alexander do what do what he did? Well, it was great. That um, The way that team came together was like nothing I've ever really uh, – uh, there's no other comparison in my football years of how a team came together like we did that year that, you know, we lost a lot of tech in the third yes. game. Yes, you did, and, yep. uh, and that brought us together. It really did bring us together because um, we fought like hell that game. That was Tim Rattay, and, boy, you know, he was a killer. And, um, I mean, I, I swear we beat him half to death, but he was still throwing touchdowns, yep. you know. Yep. And um, But we came together. And that was the beautiful thing about that year. And then we went down to Florida and, you know, first broke the 40-something game winning streak. And, you beat them uh, twice that year. Beat them twice that year, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. first one was, you know, down in the swamp. And they had like a 43-game winning streak going, I think, in the swamp. And we, like that. Yeah. we beat them in the third overtime. And uh, that was – well, that was something else there. That was a great one. Now, was and, it a missed uh, PAT? Yeah, they, uh-huh, yeah. 35, 34, I think, something like that. Yeah. The 40 to 39. 40 to 39, yeah. 35, 34 was Michigan in, in the bowl. Yeah, when that was I the think Orange Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Florida, yeah, Florida didn't have a good – Florida didn't have a good defensive coordinator that year for some reason. Suits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, you mentioned – Small game, Bob. Go ahead, yeah, big game, Bob. Um, but you missing, but but you missing, you mentioned losing to La Tech. I was in Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge in 1999. Auburn was playing LSU. The loudest that stadium ever got was when they announced La Tech had beaten Alabama. All the LSU fans and all the Auburn fans joined together. Oh, I bet. <laughs> we were ecstatic. I bet. That, yeah. And that was the only thing LSU had to cheer for that, that, that game because that was the last game prior to this year that Auburn actually won in Baton Rouge. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Um, one last question because um, I know you got to go. Um, you, you played under Stallings. You played under DuBose. Um, Stallings has always seemed to be this very um, – um, no – no gray. It's all black. It's all white. You don't see him smile. You don't see him laugh. Do you by any chance have a funny story that nobody would expect or a good story about Gene Stallings that uh, nobody would expect to uh, to hear from him? Well, I mean, there's several funny ones, but he, he was that old school throwback, you know, just intimidating. He's one of the one of the only people I can ever remember in my life that just literally walking past him was intimidating. I could feel it, you know, and I've, I've never felt that kind of thing with any other human being that I've ever been in contact with really. And, uh, it just had that old school, you know, throwback, just, you knew he was a man and, um, and he, 
really was he ran it like a pro camp so it was it, it was black and white you were in the meeting every day at 2 30 there was no reason why you know there was no reason not to be but if you weren't you just didn't come to the meeting there wasn't nobody walking in the meeting <laughs> you know don't be late <laughs> yeah. do you get that same feeling with nick saban though i mean what's the difference between what what gene stones was able to do um versus nick saban i mean do you you do you feel i mean back in the 90s alabama had some good teams but nothing like 07 to you know 2007 through 2021 oh yeah with nick saban yeah. like is there like is there like a difference in culture there you know that nick saban's been able to you know implement or is it just is that just alabama and nick saban's getting just more talented recruits now i mean what what's well i mean no nick saban is a perfectionist and i would you know, I know that he is a very detail-oriented, you know, very um, strict, very hard on – like, I, I've talked to a lot of the guys, and it – I mean, it's tough. You play you play under Nick Saban, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, but you're going to be better for it. You know, he's going to teach you how you should – take on life you know you should do the little things you hear him say it I mean the little things that's what's the most important and so yes that that perfection that practicing hard every week that where you know it you should be practicing just as hard for La Tech as you would Tennessee you know that's his mentality and he means it that's what he wants to do and he you know like that uh, you know beating I've heard him talk about winning the game, but playing bad, you know, and he would rather get beat mm. sometimes to, you know, because you, he is that perfectionist. I, like I didn't play for him, so I don't know firsthand. I just know from, you know, talking to the guys that have played, played under him. And yeah, it's, um, it's very strict. You do everything the right way or, you know, or else. Yeah. So, so in your opinion, last question for you, my end, in your opinion, just as, you know, growing up an Alabama fan, going to playing at the University of Alabama, uh, watching what they're able to do today, do you – is it Barry Bryant or Nick Saban? Which one is it for you? Oh, it's both. Yeah. I don't know. There's like <laughs> – I like, you know, I couldn't choose. I mean, it's – you know, Bear Bryant is that old – it's, it's like I said, that old school, just hard, tough Iron Man, you know, like that you can just hear it in his voice. You know, he drinks whiskey and smokes Chesterfields and he's just still, <laughs> you know, a badass and he's going to kill it. And um, and Nick Saban is no less. I mean, he's probably a better I would have to say probably a better coach. I mean, to put together what he's done, especially to continue to modify and, and change with the times and take into account the portal and use these, you know, changes in his offensive schemes up, continuing to to work hard to be the best. I, I mean, that that to me has never been done. You know, there's there's never been another Nick Saban in the history of college football, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, I mean, there's been and a it's lot gonna, of – It's going to be hard to even say that there will be either. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. yeah. 
Well, Bradley, man, that's it. That's all we've got for you, man. And, and I really do appreciate the, your time and, and appreciate your insight. Um, does Alabama win it all this year? Uh, that's what I'm hoping. I'm pulling for it. I think so. I mean, I, I think we can. We definitely are, are capable. Um, you know, we got we got some tough games to play. And, you know, and you still – you never know, just like Texas A&M upset us. Anybody can win on any Saturday. You know, you yeah. get out there and fight and you come together as a team. It doesn't it – do, you know, it doesn't always matter who's got the most talent. It's that – that coming together and depending on each other and feeling that and that coming, whatever that, that circle of trust that happens that you know, when that happens is when the, you know, the magic happens. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Chris. Yeah. No um, doubt. Cause it, it could be another Alabama, Georgia national championship I, game. I mean, it could be. And I think that, you know, we're on, we're in line to. No, to you SEC homers, man, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and Georgia's, uh, Georgia's looking good too, man. I, I don't yeah. know. They're, you yeah. know, they're looking real good. So. Yep. It'd be, it's going to be interesting. going to be fun to watch. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Brad, like I said, right. man, we definitely appreciate it, dude. And um, yeah, we're going to get together and do some lunch one day. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All for right. Sure. All right. All, All right, man. We appreciate you. Guys you. Later. All right. All right. Bye. Have a good one. All right. Man, that was a great interview. I actually – I didn't know how I'd enjoy um, interviewing an Alabama guy. I mean, that was a cool interview. I enjoyed that. What yeah, y'all guys think? It was good stuff. I, uh, yeah, was awesome. sure. Thank you so much, Bradley, for joining us, man. We look forward to – um, having him on our podcast in the future as well. Absolutely. Oh, just, I mean, like if, if you, if you go through and I, I think I, I was uh, just those, those Tennessee teams that they played, can you imagine, you know, wow. looking on that other side? Yeah. I mean, that, cause that was when Tennessee was the, the cream of the crop, you know, they were, you oh, know, Philip Fulmer yeah. and, you know, T Martin. I, I mean, I love Peyton Manning, but I always like as a kid loved watching T Martin play quarterback at Tennessee. Like, I don't know what it was, but, it was just like, you know, some of those guys. But uh, now he's, you know, he's coaching and, and stuff like that. So it's cool to see them, yeah. those guys then in the 90s, early 2000s, come full circle and, yeah. and see what they're doing now. So that's, you know. And I just don't see how Tennessee won it with T. Martin and not Peyton Manning. It just right? blows my mind. And, yeah. and, you know, and I know this was over 20 years ago, but 1998, Auburn had a chance to beat Tennessee. They played during Harris State. I think Tennessee beat them by like eight points. But that's but that's just something that just shows. I mean, team gets better and better throughout the year, and by the end of the year, I mean they were they were stifling folks. So yeah, it was uh, that was that was some uh, that was kind of the introduction for me into uh, really watching college football was those late '90s, you know, Florida State teams, yeah. things like that, and obviously yep. Oklahoma. You know, and things well, like that. Well, in the late 90s, 1999 to be exact, Bob Stoops' first year, I think, yeah. Oklahoma goes seven and five. And nobody thinks 2000 they're going to win the Natty. Yeah. You know, so. but And, and a credit so, uh, to – and I know everybody, you know, in, in Oklahoma sometimes gives John Blake a bad rap a little bit just because of the yeah. 90s. and But he recruited those guys, you know. He and did. those guys had the opportunity to say, hey, you know what, we're going to – 
leave early or we're going to do this or whatever. But a lot of them and a cool story that, you know, Roy Williams and some of those guys tell is um, those young guys that were in that, those recruiting classes could have left and went elsewhere, but, but Bob Stoops kind of sold them on, on what he was bringing to the table. And obviously it changed yep. the course for, you know, years to come with, you know, but I, I thought that, you know, John Blake, and obviously he's from my hometown too um, around Tulsa and, I've always thought highly of John Blake, and I thought that sometimes he got a, a little bit of a bad rap for, um, yeah. you know, kind of having some disappointing years when you have the standard at Oklahoma that it does. And we've talked about that, the Ohio States, the, you know, places where you're, you you know, your fan base is so, um, you know, you got to such high expectations every year that, you know, you lose two or three games and it's a, it's a wash. And so, yeah, um, we struggled through the '90s. My dad recalls oh, that yeah. all the time. You know, after Switzer, and then up until you know Stoops taking over. So it uh, just wanted to give a little plug to John Blake. You know, R.I.P. John Blake. Um, didn't didn't think he got the credit he deserved, um, and I think um, it showed. You know, especially those first few years of the 2000s. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of credit they do or don't deserve, um, the big news that we got this past week was um, Ed Orgeron. Um, Going to be coaching out the season at LSU, but that's it. He's, he's gone. A uh, lot, of, lot of rumors swirling around, a lot of um, innuendo and all that um, off the field. Um, obviously, the on-the-field performance is what um, – is what we're going through here, but uh, some of the off-field issues, true or not, um, were definitely part of the decision as well. Uh, Zach, what is your thoughts on um, Edo um, leaving LSU, and who do you think uh, they're going to get to uh, replace him? You know, I'll be I'll be really honest with you. You know, I have some family that you know happens to be LSU fans, and you know they love I'm Coach sorry. O. You know, primarily because of the. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> it looks like we're losing Zach a little bit, so we will put him on pause and wait for him to get the better and, signal. Uh, um, we're going um, to be – You know, to be – To be – was a great coach. Go ahead. I, thought, I, thought, I, thought he was, I thought he was a great motivator. Um, but what I will say is I think what happened was when they won the 2019 National Championship, you went from having Joe Burrow, who is a top five quarterback of all time, and one of the best duos that we'll ever see in Justin Jefferson and wow. Jamar Chase. So he had the talent. Oh, yeah. He had he had first-round talent um, on the offensive side of the football. Um, defense was okay, right? I mean, if you look at all that, that entire team, no one is really a star in the NFL right now, to the exception of maybe Derek Stinley when he comes up. So to be honest, I mean, I think Coach O, I mean, with all that five-star talent that's come into Baton Rouge, I mean, you got to be competing this year, man. There's really no excuse for it uh, whatsoever. When you look at programs like Alabama um, and Ohio State, not so Clemson so much this year, but, you know, Oklahoma. I mean, these are programs that are year in and year out. They're competing um, to, for playoff berths and for uh, Big Ten championships, Big 12 championship, SEC championships. And Coach O can't get it done with that talent. I mean, it's just – for me, I mean, he's got to go. You know what I mean? So, I get it. They're not yeah. going to go to the SEC championship every year because you have Alabama and Nick Saban in the way. But you, you dag, I'm sure, better finish second or third year in and year out. You can't, you can't lose the, you know, inferior op opponents. 
um, every single week, man. So that's that's my thoughts on the Ed Orgeron case. I think a lot of it is a cover-up, too, for some things that uh, he did and some recruiting violations. Um, a lot of those recruiting violations back in uh, 2015 were the underlast miles, but everyone forgets Coach O was a recruiting coordinator at that time. So um, I think it was a good move, and um, I'm hoping they're, they're able to find somebody that can take that five-star talent um, from the Louisiana area and the outskirts and, and uh, go compete for SEC championships again. Yeah. So well, Zach, then, if you were a, it, sorry, if you were an athletic director at LSU, who's your first call? You know, that's a tough question, Drew. I mean, my first couple call, calls would be to Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops just to see if they'd even be willing to, to come no. back to college. Um, no. It's going to be a no. It's gonna be the, a urban no. Huh? the Urban Cowboy? Huh? The Urban Cowboy? The Urban Cowboy. You know, <laughs> but you're talking about Urban Meyer, the, the second best college football coach in the last 20 years behind Nick Saban. Um, Absolutely. In regards to national championships and recruiting, Dabble Swing is getting up there. But my first call right now for a coach would probably be James Franklin, um, just due to the fact that the last time Vanderbilt was good was because was when James Franklin was there. Um, and he's actually put Penn State in the running a lot of years, you know, in the Big Ten. You know, they've won a Big Ten championship, but they just haven't really been able to beat Ohio State. You know, I think if he has an LSU talent compared to Penn State talent, um, I think he overcomes Alabama once or twice and, and finds himself competing for championships. So James Franklin, if I'm the athletic director at LSU, I look at his track record and I'm giving James Franklin a call and say, hey, how would you like to come to Baton Rouge, recruit yeah. talent from Louisiana, talent from Georgia, talent from Alabama, Texas and Florida in the SEC and leave the Big Ten and stop having to play Ohio State every year? Well, he's had to play Alabama every year. <laughs> well, I get so, that, but so, the Big Ten is, you know. I get that, but the Big Ten's just been so different recruiting. It's like Ohio State has so many more five stars than everybody else in the Big Ten, where that's not the same thing in the SEC. See, like yeah. Georgia's got five star, LSU's got five star. So it's not just that. It's like, hey, Come get your five-star talent, and if you really are as good of a coach as you say you are, then you can compete with Alabama because you've got the same top-tier talent that Alabama does. It's, and that's the bottom line. Where Penn State, it's like you got kids from Pennsylvania, from New York. You just don't have that that talent, you know, group around you. And yeah, they have the number one recruiting class right now in twenty and twenty twenty-two. But I tell you what, man, can you imagine if he was in Baton Rouge? I just think James Franklin is a good fit as a person. Um, but I just think he's a great football coach. I think he do great. And he has a proven track record in the SEC. That's true. Um, Dre, what do you think, man? You know, going back to the Edo thing, um, I know there's a lot of, of rumors and things swirling around, you know, hitting on pregnant, you know, women, <laughs> uh, things like that, that are married, you know, stuff like that you know, bringing your girlfriend's kids to practice and, you know, whatever it is and yada, 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 you know, but deep down, I mean, the guy's a, a likable guy, obviously he's done a lot of, oh, good. He is. you know, he's been, he's, he's a, he's a journeyman, you know, he's, he's been at some good places. He's failed some, some, at some places, but like, you know, going back to what Zach was saying about the two, 2019 um, uh, national championship that they won, you can look at that year a lot like 2010 for Auburn and Cam Newton, you know, the one year, holy cow, you're really, really good. And then, you know, the next year, obviously Auburn still competed and did, and did some things like that, but, you know, and they kept some stuff together, but Gene Chiswick soon left after that. 
you know, two and years, some, same yep. as that. And so, um, I, I look at it in that in that comparison and kind of what went wrong there and and things like that. Um, I just think that the the talent level, like Zach was saying, you know, you have no excuse. You know, you're LSU. You're you're trying mm-hmm. to year in and year out win national championships, compete. I get the whole Nick Saban narrative, but like Zach said, you need to be second or third and and competing with one loss, two losses and and knocking on the door. And they're just not doing it right now. They're not, you know, um, it's just, it's, you know, quarterback play defensively, you know, whatever it is, guys leaving, guys coming back, you know, it, it seems like there's not a stable, you know, consistent model right now and you know guys in the locker room have opinions and the you know obviously the administration has spoken because they've let him go but he gets to finish the season you know hopefully he'll he'll get to go out you know uh, as, as good as he can um yeah but as far as the coaching search now um here's a name to consider a um, couple names to consider actually you know, I know you got all the, the big names out there and James Franklin and, and a lot of these guys, but here's two names for you that, that are interesting picks. Um, you talk about SEC experience, things like that. Hugh Freeze mm-hmm. at Liberty was at yep. Ole Miss, obviously, could recruit, things like that. He did beat Alabama one year. You know, we had Sidarius on and, and things like that. There's a name that could possibly be a, a under the radar. Um, and then another name. I don't know if people are ready for it yet, you know, with the whole thing, but Art Bryles from Baylor. Um, there's another name that could possibly, you know, he brings a lot of offense and, and, and glamour. Yeah. I know he's in high school right now and stuff like that. But those are just two names I was thinking about that are maybe outside of the box that people are not thinking about. I know you want the big name. You're going to call those guys. You're going to get no's, but you have to call those guys. You have to do your due diligence and, and your process. Yeah. But those are two names that I would consider and look at um, kind of get the pulse of those two guys. Cause they're good coaches, like it or not, whatever they've yeah. done, the scandals, things like that. Those are two names that could a recruit and B bring some good offense and, and, and things in and kind of get the, you know, get the, get the wheel turning again. So that's just thinking yeah. outside the box there. Yeah. Well, you know, the um, LSU wishes Saban had never left. Um they can't get Nick Saban, obviously, but the next best thing would be somebody from the Saban tree. And you've got two coaches um, that I think you really need to look at. You're not going to get, uh, you know, Meyer. You're not going to get. Now you got a very good chance to get Franklin. Um, that is for sure. But two names to be listening for are Lane Kiffin. Um, even though I, he really – I don't expect him to jump ship after just a couple of years. But one name that's hot, um, has been hot for a couple of years. Auburn was after him last year. He's from the Nick Saban coaching tree, and he already coaches in the state of Louisiana, Billy Napier, with Louisiana. So um, that's an outlier that I'm thinking um, they're going to call Kippen's agents. They're going to – speak with Billy Napier because um, Napier's done all he can do with Louisiana. So his next step is a power five conference. Um, and I believe that's going to be, uh, heck, it could be where where LSU calls Franklin and Franklin goes to Southern Cal, you know. So they've got to get somebody else, and that would be a Kiffin or that would be a Billy Napier. That's just my um, 
my thoughts on it. Um, I think that's a couple names to uh, definitely be thinking of. Those are definitely names that, that have been out there, but I was like, like I was talking earlier, those are two names that are realistic for me. And do they want to go to that? I know they're coming off of scandal. And are those two guys ready to take on big time programs again? So, yeah. You know, but those are two names yeah. that can coach. They can coach offense. Oh, they can recruit. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We get off the Ed O subject here and let's talk some games. Um, that's what we're. That's what we want to do. Um, I got five or six games we want to talk about. Um, you know, I watched the, uh, the Tennessee Ole Miss game last week. We had uh, Tennessee played good. I part. I almost made them my dog of the week, um, but I've had that big hoopla at the end of the game. Um, and of course, this is Tennessee Hate Week, so um, Tennessee travels to Alabama. Um, I think Alabama was very mean <laughs> to Mississippi State, poor Mississippi State, uh, A&M uh, pissed Alabama off, and now everybody else um, is going to have to uh, uh, face the wrath of Nick Saban and Alabama. Um, Tennessee is a better team. Um, Tennessee's uh, hadn't been Alabama since the Dead Sea was a sick puddle. I mean, it's been that long. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 and, it, and it's only going to continue, um, like I said, Tennessee baby steps getting better, but I still see like a, a 42 to 14 uh, type game with uh, uh, Bryce Young um, trying to put a stamp on his uh, Heisman Trophy candidacy. Uh, Drew, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Bama and UT? Uh, yeah, like you said, Tennessee is getting better. I think they're, uh, you know, competing is which I like to see, you know, Josh Heupel and, and those guys. I think uh, Tennessee fans were a little – I think bummed about that hire. I think they, they felt like they yep. reached for that hire, but, but I mean, you know, look at other programs that have reached and look at, look at how they've paid off. Dabo Sweeney was a reach for Clemson and look what happened, you know, yep. granted he's not had success a little bit this year, but you know, um, but I think I'm not saying Josh Heupel is going to win a national championship by no means I'm saying, but at least Tennessee is competing. But at the end of the day, like you said, they are playing Alabama. Alabama's on their revenge tour and Tennessee is in the way this week at Tuscaloosa, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, Tennessee may score a couple touchdowns. To I don't even know what the spread is. They may cover it there on the backside. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be Bryce Young and that offense. Um, I don't see Tennessee's defense um, being able to stop, you know, that and whoever plays running back. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's going to be another real tied week. Uh, thank you, yep. Texas A&M Aggies. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Zach, um, does Heifel in Tennessee stand a chance at all against uh, Alabama? Well, I'll tell you what, if they pass out McDonald's gift bags before the games, they don't have a chance, maybe after. <laughs> but what I, what, what, I, <laughs> what I will say is it, it, I think it depends on the quarterback. I mean, earlier in the week, the point spread was 27 and a half. Um, I think if Hendon Hooker's playing, I think they might be able to stay within 27 points. Um, I, I think if Joe Milton plays, I think it's I think it's going to be 35 plus because yeah. he decides he hey. wants to run on the run on the last play of the game versus throw the ball. Let's not um, let's end, not talk so. about hook. We're not talking about hookers on the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, I do want to talk hey just briefly about Tennessee. 
I did see a post this week, and uh, I can't confirm if it's accurate or not, but I will say Greg Schiano in 2018 um, – I'm yeah, 2018 was the assistant head coach um, for the Ohio State Buckeyes, um, and he originally was going to coach at the University of Tennessee in 2018. Yes, he was. But and everybody they decided, threw a fit. They, they decided they, they threw a fit and didn't want them. They'd rather have guys passing out McDonald's bags for recruiting. But it was conf- it was kind of confirmed that Joe Burrow was actually on his way to to be a Tennessee volunteer if Greg Schiano would have if it would have in fact gone to the University of Tennessee. So really, just think, think you know interested you know to think mm. about what could have happened at Tennessee um, if they would have hired Schiano and. What would have happened to LSU too? So just something, just something I saw that I was like super curious about. And I was like, wow, that actually makes sense. There's another little story, real quick. I know we're cutting into some, you know, dinner time or whatever it is, but uh, that's fine. Um, here's a quick story. So when Gus Malzahn, uh, you know, was reportedly going back to Arkansas, you know, as a head coach and all that stuff, and uh, it was reported that. Cam Newton was going to follow him wherever he went. And so he stayed at Auburn as the offensive coordinator and Cam Newton went to Auburn, but there was a chance that Arkansas could have gotten uh, Hmm. Cam Newton. So there's another. Wow. Yep. I wonder if Urban Meyer leaves Florida, if he starts Cam Newton over Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow's senior year, because Cam Newton was a better talent. I'm just – just throwing it out there. What if Cam Newton stays another year for Urban Meyer and they win another national championship? Are we now talking about Urban Meyer in the same breath as Nick Saban? Yeah, what if Cam Newton didn't steal those laptops out of the dorm rooms? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, you, 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 you really never know. You're exactly right. Scam Newton is a different topic. Congratulations, he finally got vaccinated. Maybe he'll get signed by an NFL team, not just because he can't throw the football. Well, that and he wears awesome, you know, clothes to his interviews after the games. I'll take him over Baker Mayfield Cleveland. On to the next subject, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was headed down a road I did not want to travel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this game, it intrigues me. Um, Southern Cal traveling to South Bend. They are seven-point dogs at Notre Dame. And I don't say this too loud, um, but I am actually a Brian Kelly fan. Um, I like what he's done at, uh, at Notre Dame. Um, of course, his if you watch the game, his vocabulary seems to be he prefers one four-letter word over – the others, but um, I do like to see him animated on the sidelines. Um, I don't – Southern Cal's just just every year they're a big disappointment to me. Um, I mean, Utah beats them three or four touchdowns a couple weeks back. Um, do they – are they a rudderless ship? Are they going to be able to, to salvage the year? Are they going to be able to go into uh, to Notre Dame? Um, I still think Notre Dame um, – although it'd be small, has an outside chance if I, the dominoes fall to get to the playoff. Um, I see um, I see Notre Dame covering the spread, and uh, um, I, don't know if, I, I don't even know if Notre Dame knows who their quarterback is and who's, who's going to start for them. But uh, I just think it's, it's 
everything's in disarray in Southern Cal, and I think uh, I think Notre Dame's going to be able to handle um, Southern Cal quite easy to, uh, tomorrow. Zach, um, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame minus the seven playing at home against Southern what, Cal? I tell you what, uh, Matt, I, I like I like Brian Kelly as well. I think he's actually a great coach. Uh, my favorite uh, word that he uses is a nine-letter word. It's called execution. Um, I think he loves to to execute. So. <laughs> I don't know if he likes to execute plays or his players. Uh, he may need to say, bring. A, he may need to bring Brady Quinn out and get some eligibility. Ooh. Yeah, or Deshaun Kaiser. He's not playing right now. So, uh, what I will say is, uh, or Brandon Wimbush. Sorry, uh, Notre Dame Manti, minus Manti seven. Teo. Yeah. Well, his, his girlfriend might be in the sidelines as the as a water girl. So, what I will say is, I like Notre Dame minus seven. Uh, I think they're, they're going to handle business against USC. I think USC comes in. Um, and actually, I think it's Notre Dame in a blowout. Yep, yep, yep. Drew? I'm going to dub this, like you said earlier, the disappointment bowl because it seems like these two teams every year, and if Texas was in that, they could play a three, a three, uh, you know, like a scrimmage. But uh seems like every year, man, they're, they're high on all three of these teams and especially these two. And, and I mean, back in the day, it was a great rivalry. You know, like yep. I said, with Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, all those, the Bush push, all that stuff, it was a marquee game. And now it's kind of like, oh, yeah, they're playing this week. I even forgot they were playing this week. So, yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah, I think Notre Dame is just a little bit better. You know, Brian Kelly, I think, is the difference because they got more stability there in their program. Yeah. Um, and then USC, that's another um, topic of discussion. We may get to that next week, I think. Who's gonna take the job there too? But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's. I think it's Notre Dame, and like like Zach said, I think it, it could it could get ugly for USC. Yeah, yeah, it could be Keyshawn you, Keyshawn Johnson the way he's talking in the mornings. They'll get something, you know. Hell, they've already started the um, and and, and I'm drawing a blank. The guy that coached the Titans for for so long that um, his, his name comes up. Jeff Fisher? Jeff Fisher? Yeah, Jeff Fisher. I'm sorry. Yeah. The I had a fish. brain fart. You know, he's – but anyway, we're not going to go down that road. Um, a road I didn't think we'd go down was Clemson and as many losses as they had. Now, that just goes to show you when you miss on a quarterback, you're going to have trouble. Nick Saban hadn't missed on a quarterback in 12 years, whatever, at Alabama. Um. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Matt, before you finish that thought. Here comes the whoa moment. Nick Saban, I'm not going to say that he hasn't missed out on quarterbacks. What Nick Saban hasn't missed out on is an offensive line, and that's what Clemson missed out this year. I'm not going to throw in the car for DJ Ungalele just yet. I think he's a super talented quarterback. I probably didn't even say his name right. They call him Big Sinker. Better than I did. But that offensive line is absolutely atrocious. I know we're going to talk about this game, but I just want to come to the defense of DJ. And I don't think Nick Saban has had the greatest quarterbacks, as you can see in the NFL. I think he's just had the what best offensive line every year. Well, just it's, it, helps, it helps to have great running backs, too, and all the talent around, you know, Alabama. It's – but, yeah. Well – Pitt is a freaking three-point favorite. They're the ranked team. That's crazy. What happens? What happens tomorrow in at Pitt? I think I think Clemson's going to catch another loss. To be honest, yep. 
I think it's coming. I think there's maybe yeah. if it's cold, little dreary, you know, you know how the weather gets around Pittsburgh and all that up there now around this yeah. time a little bit. And it's going to cause problems. Like Zach said, their offensive line can't figure anything out. They couldn't block, you know, they couldn't block Matt walking through, you know. <laughs> and I got a bad hip. And it's heel. just – and you got a bad hip, you know. And it's – uh, right now, I think, you know, we talked about it, you know, with, with Brad a little bit. And, you know, Dabo's going to have to dabble in – dabble, you know, dabble, dabbo, whatever. Dabble into dabble. the transfer – dabbo, dabbo. Into the transfer portal next year and this offseason. He's going to have to explore that. Go ahead. You can have him. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but – you know, he's going to have to to do some of those things. But, you know, as of right now this week, I think Clemson gets another loss. I I concur on that. I think that um, the, the, and the offensive line is just absolutely horrible for Clemson. I think Justin Ross um, is an outstanding athlete. I think DJ is a pretty good, decent quarterback. He's not great. Uh, but I think Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, beats him, even without Aaron Donald, that defensive tackle. Um, I have Pittsburgh winning. Uh, I actually think they're winning by two scores. Well, I've got a simple theory to win games. If you score more, you win more. Okay, John Madden. Clemson can't score. So, if you score less, you win less. And whoever scores the most points – yeah, whoever scores the most points in the game wins, you know, usually. Matt, if, exactly. if it makes exactly. – Matt, I heard one day by a, a famous man named by the name of Vinny Verno, if it makes sense, it makes sense. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and I can't believe we all three said, hey, Pitt, Pitt's going to win. But maybe maybe that's where we are, you know. It's, uh, it's no longer to pick. It's no longer – this year, you can't pick the game just by the jersey. It's what the jersey's done in the past, and that's where we are. So, all right, man. Tell tell, uh, tell Texas fans that. Yeah, and and I mentioned earlier in the year, Texas is a couple years away. I think they are, you know, and they may win without B. John Robinson because he'll because he'll be gone. You know, it's going to take time to get your defensive front, your offensive front, your trenches where it needs to be, so you can. Win consistently. So, speaking of win consistently, it's not the Kansas Jayhawks. And they are 38 and a half point dogs to the. Now, is that what you say? The Choklahoma Sooners? Is that who it is? I'm not sure. I saw an SEC super fan uh, base <laughs> in the uh, on Facebook. So, they're welcome, Oklahoma, to the SEC uh, with a warm, warm, warm welcome. And Drew, I'm just, Drew, I'm just curious. Do you talk, do you, did you talk about Texas this negatively when you guys were down 28 to 7 in the first quarter, or do you just feel more comfortable going throughout the season since you came back and beat them? Well, it's just, you know, we finally put Superman in the game. So uh, <laughs> everything's good. I didn't know they had Cam Newton uh, playing for Oklahoma now. That's great. No, we got somebody better than that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Oh my goodness! We hear it every Don't year. Start. Don't yeah, start. Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. He has his own. Uh, he has his own laptops and stuff, so he don't need it from anybody else. <laughs> yeah, and you guys got Chase Young and Joy and Nick Bosa on the defensive line. I forgot. <laughs> so with that being Wait, said, they, this, 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 
Yeah, yeah, I got Oklahoma by 50. I got Oklahoma by 50. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, it's it, it's kind of kind of lax on the games this week. There's not a lot of good games. So that makes the week boring. Well, I'm about to wrap it up for us now, fellas. What makes a boring week great, fun, entertaining? It's upsets. It's dogs winning. So now we're going to pick whether it be upsets of the week, dogs of the week, against the spread of the week. We're going to do that, Drew. What's what's and on our your dogs mind? and our dogs of the week are brought to you by our sponsor, Sooner Eagle Digital Marketing. Um, you need your online brand uh, boosted. You know, you need some uh, you need some uh, followers. You need people like that. You need to uh, get your name out there. Sooner Eagle Digital Marketing is the place. Uh, visit them on SoonerEagle.com. Uh, they do a great job for you. I know we appreciate them so much. So, yeah, but uh, excited to pick our dogs of the week. I look forward to it. It's something I look forward to um, every week. And um, Zach did not to get, was not able to give his dog of the week, his upset of the week last week. So, I feel bad. So, I'm going to allow him to go first this week and shed some light on the situation and, and let us know his, uh, his uh, prowess at picking upsets and dogs. Zach, who have you got this week? Sure, sure. Well, for me, this week was pretty easy. After watching Army and Wisconsin play, it was, uh, it was what, like watching nails on a chalkboard, watching them play. It was uh, run after run after run after run. The quarterback threw it, it was an interception, and sometimes he completed a five-yard ball to the tight end. Sometimes they throw a, 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 a – halfback screen but um it was easy for me because i got purdue uh plus three at home home dog like matt says plus three points against wisconsin um i said hey go pick him out right purdue wins this i think purdue wins by double digits i like that um now purdue has been struggling the last three or four weeks and then for some reason i don't know what in the world happened last week they were able to uh, – they looked like they had the Iowa defense because they were able to shut down Iowa for the entire game. So unreal. Well, I do want to mention, Matt, that I did say a couple of weeks ago, and you guys can both say as witness that Iowa was pretenders. I said weeks ago, Iowa's pretenders. Drew gave me that jaw drop when I said it because they played in the Big Ten. And I said they were pretenders, so I was not surprised to see – them lose to an offense that makes them open that opens up things a little bit. Well, that's true. I mean, that's something I was don't really have is a potent, powerful offense. So if they do get behind, um, they have issues. So um, and that's exactly what happened. So um, now we go to Drew. I know um, I'm not going to mention you're a dog of the week last week, Drew. Um, you're upset of the week because I like you. And I don't want to bring up the bad things. So I even forgot about it. So, but anyway, well, passes yeah. in the past. Yeah, I mean it wasn't uh, this week. Kentucky to beat Georgia. At, yeah, well, at all. So Georgia showed up. I didn't know they were going to get off the bus. But <laughs> yeah. um, sticking with the theme, I am going to pick another home dog this week. I am going to go with the Army. Black Knights wow. against number 16, Ooh. Wake Forest. Wow. Here's the How difference. American of you. 
How patriotic of you. Merca, okay. <laughs> um, red, white, and blue. Well, in this case, black. Yep. But uh, ball yeah, control, you mean. Navy, discipline. Yep. They control the clock, you know, time of possession, and they're going to slow Wake Forest down. Um, they don't make too many mistakes. Um, I kind of relived the Oklahoma Army game from a few years ago where we only got five possessions in the whole game. Yep. And over time, yep. um, Army's playing some good football. I think they're four and two. Yep. Um, they've gotten some pretty good wins. I feel confident they're going to be at home and they're going to slow down the, de- the Demon Deacons and get it done. Uh, I go touchdown, 10 points, somewhere around there. Wow. Nice. So I think. I think there's a theme. Uh, Zach takes a home three-point underdog to win a couple scores. Drew takes a home three-point underdog to win by a couple scores. I wonder who I'm going to pick. You know, this this was a very difficult week for me. Um, I couldn't find anything I liked. Um, I scoured through the stats, you know. Defensive stats versus offensive stats. I checked the injury report, see if there was a, an injury I wasn't aware of, you know. I even had some sources at some of the um, local universities tell me that a couple of starting quarterbacks didn't perform well in practice this week because they got in a fight with a girlfriend, you know. But that didn't help. I still was wondering, who am I going to pick? Then I found a home dog. I got to looking. I'm like, you know, Utah State, the Aggies, they are playing a team that lost to Vanderbilt. How can a team that lost to Vanderbilt, who, by the way, lost to East Tennessee State, but how can a team that lost to Vanderbilt be favored on the road. It just makes zero sense. So there's no sense in looking at stats. There's no sense in looking at injuries. There's no stats. There's no sense in looking at anything that makes any sense. When you've got a team that loses to Vanderbilt, there is no way they should be favored on the road. That, my friends, is how you pick a dog of the week. Utah State, and that game is tonight, actually. Utah State plus the three points in my if you lose the Vanderbilt, you suck game of the year. Utah State plus the points. Write it down, boys. What y'all think? Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all you can say. I, I mean, was just watch. I was just waiting for another cartoon reference or you know, Barney Rubble. Well, I thought about it. You know, yeah. all that. Yeah. If it makes yeah. sense, it makes sense. Vinny hey, Burrow. Yes. I'll yes. tell you what. Yes. Out of all the games this week, whoever scores the most points wins the game. <laughs> yes. 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 And I and I think that's going to be the case for most of them. I mean, they, I mean, you'll have your anomaly every now and then. But for the most part, if you score more points, you're going to win. So... Fellas, y'all got a parting shot, man. Um, I know, I know that uh, I really, really do like this episode. The fact that um, that we got a guest, and um, I got a special guest lined up for us uh, not too far down the road too. But I'm gonna keep that secret for now. But um, I would definitely like to thank uh, Brad Ledbetter for for coming on and um, giving us a little bit of insight on the uh, Tennessee Hate Week 
Um, you guys got a parting shot before we get out of here? Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes. Boomer. Boomer Sooner. Dude, well, Auburn, I can guarantee you, Auburn will not lose this week because they got to get ready for uh, the lane train that's coming down uh, next week. So that ought to be fun. So, um, fellas, um, enjoyed the show. Enjoyed the weekend. Um, looking forward to some great games, some great upsets tonight with the Utah State. So, for the Boomer, Drew England, the Buckeyes, Zach Merrill, and me, Matt Lane, the Plainsman, our time is up, and we thank you for yours. Have a great weekend.